0: Matthew 18, verses 23 to 35. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debaters was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned, to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, Please, be patient with me, and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and released him, and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me, and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor would not wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man that had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you and the tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison and tortured until he paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart.
1: Thank you so much, Evie. That was absolutely brilliant. Now, if you've got a word bingo, this is the moment. Daisy James, that's yours. If you've got a lemon sherbet, that is also the moment. There you go. All right, okay. So we are continuing today our Love Like Jesus series, and we have, as Evie just read to us, we're looking at the parable of the unforgiving servant. Not a light and fluffy topic, to be honest, for an all-age, but, you know, I'm going to do my best to, uh, to make it relevant to all of us. And uh, we're actually going to be interacting. There's going to be some praying. It's going to be great fun, hopefully. Um, kids, is everyone all right? Has everyone got the stuff that you need? Give me a thumbs up, please. No, I'm not getting enough thumbs up from you lot. Right, great, thank you. Okay, so... I've given you a lemon sherbet. This is to help engage all of your senses this morning with this talk because this parable is a lot like a lemon sherbet. So initially, it's pretty sweet, but then it hits you in the back of the mouth and makes your eyes water. And so before we start, let's pray. Lord Jesus, would you speak to our hearts this morning? Would you talk to us through this parable? And would you help us to listen carefully to you? In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's start with the sweet bit of the parable. Hopefully, it's going to be nice and palatable for us all because we've got some wonderful and amazing news, which is that we can be forgiven. We can all be forgiven. Um, You'll remember from Evie's reading that the servant in the parable... Owed a lot of money. In the NIV, it refers to it as ten thousand talents, and the footnote says that a talent was about twenty years of a day laborer's wage. So that is a unfathomable, unfathomable amount of money for that person. Such a vast. And I'm, I'm kind of left wondering how did they accrue such a debt? You know, is there an implication there that some of it was dishonest? I don't know, but they've racked up this. Uh, this kind of debt they're never going to be able to pay back and we know that it was huge and when the servant goes and asks for his debts to be forgiven the master has compassion on him and lets him off his debts and Jesus is saying that this is what God is like so when we're sorry and we really mean it we are forgiven and there is nothing that is too big or too bad, or too awful, or too shameful for him to forgive. Now, I don't want us to get too uncomfortable on a spring Sunday morning, but if you could just think for a moment, this is all of you, about something significant that you've done in your life that you've had to ask God to forgive you for. Now, kids, we're going to have to give the adults a bit of time because they're a bit older than you. They've lived a lot more life. They've made a lot more mistakes than you lot so they're going to need a few minutes but I'm pretty sure that it's the one thing that we all have in common this morning is that we have done things wrong in our lives so hold that thought as uncomfortable as it might be in your mind of something quite significant that you've been forgiven for and now listen to what the Bible says about God in Psalm 103 this is from the message version God is sheer mercy and grace, not easily angered, he's rich in love. He doesn't endlessly nag and scold, nor hold grudges forever. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve, or pay back to us in full for our wrongs. As high as heaven is over the earth, so strong is his love to those who fear him, And as far as sunrise is from sunset, he has separated us from our sins. Wow. God has separated us from our sins. So when we have done things wrong, whether it's accidental or on purpose, and we feel that guilt and shame, that uncomfortableness, God wants to remove that from us and swap it for forgiveness. And all we have to do is ask. Now, maybe it's been a while since you checked in with God and asked for his forgiveness. And uh, as we're here now, maybe there's something that's coming to mind and you're thinking, ooh, and you know, it's got that pressing feeling, pressing perhaps on your heart. I'm not going to make you put your hands up and tell me, it's okay. But you know, and it's between you and God. Perhaps something happened this morning or in the car on the way here, or last night perhaps, and uh, you've yet to square it with God. Well, we can do that right now. So collectively, we're just going to take a minute to pray and ask for forgiveness. So however you want to do that, if you want to close your eyes, bow your heads, put your hands out, whatever you want to do, it's going to be one minute. Lord Jesus, you know the exact thing that is pressing on our hearts and minds you know what we've done thought or said that was out of step with who you would call us to be. Jesus, we are sorry. I am sorry. Please forgive me, Lord, and forget my sins as it says you will in the Bible. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now only God knows what that private conversation you just had with him was about, but if you meant it, then you're forgiven. That is amazing. How does it feel? Feels good, right? It's good to know that we are right with God, and if you've never done that before, tell someone that you did it because that's a really big deal. But that's the sweet part over, unfortunately. Um, it was going so well, but now we've got to tackle the sherbet. And uh, my family, Daisy and James, are here today, and I hope that they would agree. Um, that when it comes to getting angry, I've got a pretty long fuse. Um, I don't get cross quickly. I'm not generally one to blow up in a temper and tell people if they've annoyed me, and I feel pretty good about that. Uh, Put your hands up if you're like me. got a long fuse. Long fuse, don't get angry very quickly. Yeah, lots of hands down the front more than at the back. Uh, Put your hands up if you might describe yourself as having a bit of a short temper. (laughs) there's a lot a lot of confession going on this morning a lot of reticence I think okay put your hands up if you would consider yourselves as quick to forgive quick to forgive yeah thank you Alan and Richard (laughs) okay put your hands up if you might take a while to forgive So, okay, a confession then from me. Although I have this long fuse, on the rare occasion, then what my incredibly long fuse has burned all the way to the end, it's a little bit like I fall off a cliff, and it's a bit tricky for me to come back again. And um, normally what happens is that I hammer home the point of what I'm annoyed about. And another thing, and another thing, and it has been known for perhaps one of the kids to say, Mommy, I just want to move on. <laughs> or in other words, please stop going on about it and forgive me. Now, I'm sure that we have all forgiven people for things in our lives. Um, I think whenever we live closely with other people, parents, children, brothers and sisters, housemates, friends, friends, um, We we come into conflict at times and uh, we say sorry to each other and we forgive one another. And and in some respects, although it can feel a bit tough for a day or so, we, we do that mostly, don't we? How easy do you find it to say to someone, is it easier if they say sorry to you? Does that make it easier for you to forgive them? A couple of weeks ago in kids' church, Hannah played a great game uh, with the kids, and she listed a bunch of things and asked whether the punishments were fair or unfair. And so we're going to have a quick round of that now. So I want you, if you think that the punishment is fair, I want a thumbs up. If you think it's unfair, a thumbs down. And if you're not sure, I'll have a wiggly hand. All right. <laughs> Anyone playing bingo is like, wiggly, great. (laughs) Okay, so first thing. Someone speaks rudely to their parents and they get sent to their room. Fair? Okay, fair. All right. (laughs) Simon. (laughs) She's your wife. (laughs) Um, Okay, next one. Doing 35 in a 30 zone. No one gets hurt. Sent to prison for 10 years. Okay, all right, we're in agreement. Okay, next one. Stays out two hours later than they're allowed. Parents are really worried. No computer games for a week. Mm, Okay. We've We've got mostly agreement. Okay, this one. Burns the family dinner... Because they're too busy scrolling on social media. It's not. <laughs> okay. All you bingo players, you're right. <laughs> Hannah, can I give you uh, the job of handing out prizes for bingo players? Hand your form over. Okay. Burnt the family dinner because they're too busy scrolling on social media. Has to eat that burnt dinner. Fair or unfair? okay this is the last one gets forgiven by God for everything they've ever done wrong but won't forgive others yeah just like how I slipped that one in there (laughs) so we all have different perspectives on what fair punishment is our parable goes on to tell us that the servant who had all his debts forgiven then refused to forgive the person who owed him money. But Jesus is calling us to be forgivers of others, and it is because we have been forgiven. Now, I'll understand right now if you're questioning, but what about this? What about the most serious things that happen? What about... When no one ever says sorry or they didn't even believe they did something wrong. I think our natural instinct is to tie forgiveness and consequences together. We want to believe that not forgiving someone is somehow acceptable if what they've done is really bad or they didn't say sorry. But this parable is telling us that unforgiveness is a sin. Now, the whole purpose of this sermon series is that we're learning to love like Jesus. So what does Jesus' life teach us about forgiveness? Romans 5 verse 8, that whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Before one person said sorry, Christ died for us. You know, there is a difference between consequences and forgiveness And we know this from our own lives because if I get a speeding ticket, I'm still going to have to pay that fine whether or not God's forgiven me and I've said sorry and meant it from my heart. We live with consequences all the time. Um, And I don't, it's easy to confuse ourselves into thinking that forgiving someone is like saying that what they did didn't hurt or was it, it was okay, but that is not what God is saying. I've wondered why in the past when I've looked at the stories of Jesus and and the fact that he was raised from the dead and his scars weren't healed. They were still there after his resurrection. The disciples saw them. It's documented in the Gospels. And I wonder if one of the reasons why Jesus' scars wasn't healed was to remind us that sin has consequences. Jesus' forgiveness of sins and the miracle of resurrection didn't make those scars go away. And when we forgive others, it doesn't always make our scars go away either. Say, for example, someone just can't be kind to you. Forgiving them is not the same as pretending that they didn't hurt you. You can forgive them, but you might not be able to choose to be around them very much anymore. Or if someone doesn't seem to be able to respect your things when they come to your house, forgiving them doesn't mean you have to invite them round again, but perhaps you could meet to play in the park instead. If someone has gossiped about you and shared things you've told them in secret, forgiving them doesn't mean you have to confide in them again. There can be a separation between consequences of someone's actions and forgiveness, and realizing this can really help us. In his wisdom, God knows that unforgiveness is damaging to us, and it stays in our bodies. There's a saying you might have heard, that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to be sick. The truth is that the poison of unforgiveness only hurts our insides. So why isn't it easier to do? Perhaps sometimes we're just being a bit stubborn um, or our pride is hurt. Or maybe it's because what happened to you feels so unforgivable. If you know that there is unforgiveness hanging around in your body, then before we finish, I want to give you a formula that could help you with this tricky thing that God is asking us to do. So perhaps the band want to come up, and, uh, and I'll just go through this formula before we finish. So the first thing we need to do is be vulnerable. And being vulnerable means being honest with God about our feelings, about the things that have hurt us, and not pretending that we've got it all sussed. So be vulnerable. Secondly, we need to be humble. And being humble means that we accept that we don't always know what's best for our our lives and we're actually going to trust God that he does know. And thirdly, we need to ask for help. And the good news in all of this is that God never asks us to do something without giving us the help to do it. So what is our help? Our help is the Holy Spirit who is waiting to give us all that we need. Be vulnerable, be humble, ask for help. So maybe let's just have a go at that too. Let's use this worship time that we're about to go into to be really honest with God. To trust that he knows what we need and to ask the Holy Spirit to help. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, if there is anyone we need to forgive, would you help us to think about them now? May we see their name or their face in our hearts or in our minds. May we know that you are speaking to us. Lord, as we offer that person back to you, Holy Spirit, would you fill our hearts with a supernatural love that enables us to forgive them for the ways that they have hurt us? Would you show us how forgiveness and consequences are different in each situation we face? May your powerful, restoring and reconciling love fill our hearts and our lives as we leave this church today. In Jesus' name, amen.